Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Friday, April 29th, 2022. Roland Martin Unfiltered. 
Broadcasting live from Los Angeles in Lamert Park on the 30th anniversary of the Rodney King Verdict Riot. Uh, we're streaming, of course, live on the Black Star Network. We'll hear from a number of people who at today's news conference. We took a tour this morning with Operation Hope. John Hope Bryant, the founder as well, of the area that was devastated 30 years ago that has since been rebuilt. But folks say they still want more to happen when it comes to economic development. We'll hear from Mayor, Mayor Gil Garcetti. We'll hear from Congresswoman Karen Bass, as well as the daughter of Rodney King. Folks, uh, also uh, on today's show, uh, we will uh, talk about a case uh, out of Houston. Uh, uh, first of all, a, a black and missing, uh, a couple of black and missing folks. Uh, one still missing out of Houston, and also uh, a young brother who is missing here from uh, Los Angeles. Also, we'll talk with Attorney Ben Crump about the lawsuit against Wells Fargo for racial discrimination. That and more. Lots of stuff to cover. You're watching Roller Martin on the Filters. Time to bring the funk. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Folks, it was 30 years ago today when uh, South Central Los Angeles went up in smoke. People talk about the Los Angeles riots. It was not all of Los Angeles. Uh, the police department pretty much uh, left uh, this, this area to, into ruins by uh, retreating, if you will, after the verdict came down uh, in the case of the officers who were on trial in Simi Valley for the, um, the vicious beating of Rodney King. It was one of the first beatings when it comes to video captured. People thought, surely these officers are going to be convicted. Well, they weren't in that initial trial. Uh, and, of course, uh, I remember I was a reporter for the Austin American Statesman, and people were all across the country were stunned to see what took place uh, when uh, the riots broke out. No, it wasn't a disturbance. No, it was not an uprising. It was a riot. You call it exactly what it is. And it was people who were angry, who were upset, uh, because you're talking about uh, a city uh, that had to deal with, a black community that had to deal with uh, for decades, vicious brutality of the Los Angeles Police Department. What people also need to understand, and when you begin to talk about what happened here with the Rodney King um, verdict riots, is that if you go back to the riots in the 1960s that took place uh, in Watts, go back to what took place in Newark, go back to what took place the other areas, which a current commission report detailed, nearly every single instance was precipitated by police abuse against black people. That cannot be overlooked. And so uh, today, Operation Hope, led by John Hope Bryant, invited us out uh, to participate in the bus tour that went through uh, the area that was devastated. There were individuals who were on the bus who, uh, who, who lived through that, who experienced that. Uh, they talked about what it was like uh, 30 years ago. And what they also wanted to show is what took place economically 
over the last 30 years to rebuild uh, these areas in Los Angeles uh, that were torn asunder. And so we want to show you uh, some of what took place uh, with the um, uh, bus tour. We were, of course, uh, on there. We were live streaming. If you, uh, of course, are watching the Black Star Network, you actually saw us live streaming the bus tour. And so here is some of what took place uh, today in Los Angeles. So we um, we started we started at uh, First AME Church, a long time led by Reverend Cecil Murray, uh, and so uh, we began there as we were post gathered uh, to board the two buses that traveled uh, all throughout. Uh, and again, as we were on the bus, they, be, they were walking us through the different moderators walking us through exactly uh, what happened then and then what has happened since when it comes when it came to the rebuilding. African Americans, uh, whites, Koreans were all there on the bus as well. Faith leaders, civic leaders. Uh, uh, all talking about uh, what took place. And so uh, we're going to first, uh, Robert Sacedo, uh, of course, the CEO of Community Bill, uh, he's going to kick it off. He was one of the main moderators. And we thank him for allowing us to broadcast the show uh, from their location here uh, with Community Bill that was born out of Project Bill uh, led by Congresswoman Maxine Waters. She, of course, was not there today because she tested positive for COVID. Her daughter was out there. I did get a chance to talk to the Congresswoman uh, on the phone uh, about what uh, took place uh, today in really what has happened over the last 30 years to um, rebuild and improve economically uh, what has happened here in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, and here we go. Well, listen to this. People from their homes, um, folks were lining up to go to First AME. Uh, I remember there was a building here that's been rebuilt around the corner on the left that uh, a family got stuck in, so we had to kick the door in. So a lot of memories from, from that day for me. It was a very emotional four days. One of the people that no one's ever interviewed, and if you ever get a chance, you, you have to, is uh, the comedian Red Hair. Red Fox? No. Carrot Top. Carrot Top. Yes. Sinbad. Sinbad. Forgive me. I don't know why I haven't seen your moment. Um, we're just talking about seniors, right? So, so Sinbad was very active during the uh, on the street with his family, helping families. Uh, matter of fact, there's a young man that he kind of adopted because he had their their house structure burned down. They lived above a liquor store. He helped them get housing in San Pedro. The mother had, or the grandmother had systemic lupus. Has since passed. But he worked with that young man and continues to be involved. And it, it was just, a, those are the quiet hero stories that we didn't hear about. And there were a lot of those that I got a chance to experience uh, during the riots. Oh, I call it riots, but they say civil unrest. And, and it, was, uh, it was just an emotional time. This block, we're just passing first AME, was loaded with people helping. Um, I've, I've never seen that kind of a cadre of individuals come out to make sure this entire block was full of volunteers. I was criticized strongly for doing bus tours about, I don't know, a decade or a decade and a half ago. I mean, strongly, like, strongly. And recently, like on this tour, I got on social media, why are you taking people on the bus tour? I said, because the only news we hear is bad news. That's why. Somebody needs to sell some good news in our community. Um, the folks didn't understand it didn't mean it wasn't right, the right thing to do. Um, but that you can have, these were black people attacking me. 
So you can't grow without constructive friction. You can't be a, you can't be afraid of a little criticism. If you believe what you're doing is right, then you stand on that. And we found that the, the strategy has worked, um, and we're better together. You also cannot grow anything without relationships. And if you hang around nine broke people, you'll be the tenth. <laughs> so you need to have folks with wealth on these buses, coming in and seeing these neighborhoods, and talking with somebody next to them they never met before, who they probably would never meet, uh, sharing some sharing some, some grits and some, <laughs> and some chicken and some hog moths or whatever, and, and, and learning and figuring out if they can become an investor, a partner. I can't tell you how many deals have been cut on these buses over 30 years, but it's been tens of millions of dollars of community capital is float as a result of people coming on these bus tours and, and, and hopefully a deal today with, uh, with yeah. Robert here. So in a moment we're going to uh, get off the bus. There's a major press conference that we're going to participate in before. remembering here those who are not with us though 63 souls at least that we know of who lost their life in the violence of 1992 and so many before and who have come after who have lost their life if we can start with a moment of silence remembering them because the pain for their families has never ever gone away I will tell you that 30 years ago today, I was a few blocks away at the Office of Community Coalition on 85th and Broadway at that time. You know, the community was sitting on needles waiting for that verdict that we were so sure was going to be positive because over all of the years that we fought talking about police abuse and could never get anyone to believe us, when that video came out, we felt finally there is no way in the world people won't see this injustice. That video was viewed by people all over the world. And we were waiting for justice, and we were so sure we were going to have justice. And when that didn't happen, everybody was told, when the verdicts come out, whichever way they come, go to First AME Church with Pastor Cecil Murray, who is not with us here today. He couldn't be here, but we should all acknowledge his leadership because he was the leader at the time in the faith community. So I went, I was headed to First AME Church 
and I wound up right here on the intersection of Florence and Normandy, and I saw people gathering, and I didn't understand what was happening. I looked in the air, and there were helicopters there. I thought they were police helicopters. They were news helicopters. I saw people getting ready to throw bricks, and I sped my car right around the intersection, but the person that was behind me took the bricks that I avoided. What started as an outrage because of the verdict over several days spread into outrage around the city. It was citywide. It was a rainbow outrage. What started as outrage over the verdict then spread to be something else over those next two days. It was a manifestation of economic despair at the time. If you go back and you look at the tapes, you see people stealing diapers and food, and that was terrible. For three days, our city burned. I remember the fires were so strong, LAX was interrupted because of the smoke. It was the rainbow unrest. It happened all over the city. It didn't just happen in South LA. It wasn't just African Americans. It was everybody involved. And we think about where our city is today. In many ways, we have come so far. We have been able to build a lot, a lot of leadership, a lot of organizations. We're in an entirely different place. But at the same time, we have so much more to do. We had people that were unhoused 30 years ago, and now that situation has definitely expanded. But just like the mayor said, I am hopeful because this is Los Angeles. We have all of the knowledge, the skills, and the resources here to continue to move our city forward in a positive direction. And we have to make sure that we never allow anybody to divide us or to use this day as a day to reflect back on division. We need to use this day to reflect back on what happened after the fires were put out when the city came together and said, we have significant issues and we need to address them. So I want to thank the leaders who organized this today. I want to thank Najee. I want to thank John. I want to help thank all of the people that helped pull this together. We can move forward in this city. I am positive that we will because we have everything that we need here in Los Angeles. We just have to move ourselves forward. Thank you. I, I do want to give an honor to God. I know we ain't in church, yes, but yes. Um, I'm honored. I'm honored to look around and see all the nationalities here on Florence and Normandy. If that didn't happen, you guys wouldn't be here. I want to acknowledge all of you guys. Operation Hope, I love you guys. I love you guys. I love what you guys are doing in the community, out of state. Everybody, the mayor, Najee, you the man, you the man, you the man. Um, I first want to acknowledge the pain that the riots came from. You know, we look at it as a violent act, and it is a violent act. However, it was pain. You know, uh, Martin Luther King said, the riots are the language of the unheard. And, and after a while, if a toddler is screaming and you're not paying attention, they're going to throw a tantrum tantrum. So it's like, I hope we leave here and learn from our pain. Like, we're all here like puzzle pieces, right? Without you, without me, the puzzle's incomplete. So we should take away from this. We shouldn't just make this a one-year thing. We should have the domino effect on the world, and Operation Hope is definitely doing that. So I think we all should learn from that. Um, again, I don't condone violence. I don't condone rioting, but I understand where it comes from because we're unheard. So it's like, I think that this should be a national... I think that this should be, you know, because when pre when protests happen, everybody comes here. I think that this should be well known. So people out of the country, out of the state, 
they shouldn't take somebody from the town to tell them. Melvin, everybody back there that's from this neighborhood, I appreciate you guys because you guys are here every single year, not just when the media is here. You got exactly off top. I think that's so important. And I think if we all close our eyes and operate from a place of hope, of love, of listening to each other's voice and hearts, that's the place of love, not what we look like, right? Because God didn't have, God had this. We didn't have anything to do with this. So I think if we operate out of a place of love and hope, that will take us so much further. And we're 30 years later, right? We have moved forward, but let's push so that we won't be a next hashtag. Let's push so that we can look how ignorant we are and compared to where we came from and look at this moment like, wow, I can't believe we were that ignorant to judge people based off of the color of their skin. We can teach our children. Look, imagine how kids learn. Imagine how kids love. They don't look at what people look like. They don't look at racism. They don't look at race. They love each other. Toddlers, they don't really get along because, you know, they're territorial. But for the most part, look at how they love. Look at how they treat each other. We can all have that. It's very easy. It's very easy for us to get along. And we're still asking that question today. Are you serious? Are we still asking that question? My dad was polite when he asked. They gave him something to say. He spoke from his heart. He spoke from his heart. And the question is, can we get along? You know, it's, it's like Latasha Harlan's, that family, Denise, rest her soul. This was her front line. She was a frontline soldier working out of pain. The same thing I do. I work from pain. You can change the world if you work from pain. Imagine that. We all can. This pandemic has taught us so much. That's why we're here today, because we're actually able to be here without masks, vaccinated, all that. Imagine that. Imagine God's work. Imagine if we really believed in, in, in his word and what he speaks about our life. Because we're all here. We all believe it in some sort. So I'm just, again, I'm honored to be here. CEO, founder of the Rodney King Foundation. Middle child of the late, great Rodney King. So honored to be here. And I was nervous in my burning back voice, so I was a little nervous. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I, I do have two gifts here for the mayor and Karen. Um, on behalf of the foundation, I want to give them a shirt, you know, from the foundation. And again, I appreciate every single frontline soldiers again police they're not bad guys they have families like us they do they do and I and I know I'm gonna get some slack on this you know unfortunately I haven't had this experience but my good experience outweighs my bad I they have families too so we need to figure this out we need to if we have to reconstruct the whole system because obviously what we're doing is not working we're still here and I'm saying this out of hurt I'm hurting but I'm hopeful right so imagine if you work from you you a painful place is amazing to work from if you don't have anger if you don't have anger you can change the world so i want to present you guys with these shirts thank you all right let's hold them up so the media can see them sure. we got to go up front I'm just your prop Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Whether it's us right now building a light rail line or the new Lucas Museum, we're talking about 20 to 70 percent of local hire so that a mother or a father can say, I've built this in my own community, can buy that home, can get into a trade, can get a union wage. We've raised the minimum wage, but it's not about $15 an hour, it's about $50 an hour and those jobs. So I would say to every mayor, invest in your infrastructure, don't wait for D.C. We got more infrastructure dollars than we ever had this past year, thanks mm-hmm. to the president. But you have to start here where you are. And lastly, you got to bring the businesses here. Look at this today. A two, you know, uh, gas stations, an auto zone, uh, and a liquor store. We need to do better. 
to make sure that we bring businesses and demand that they bring the good businesses that hire locally and that invest in black businesses. All right. Always All right. good to see you. Nice to see I you, too. appreciate it. Thanks, Colin. Always, always. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Unfiltered. In LAPD, people say that's also our police force. Well, I think the key is you want your officers to stay in the community for an extended period of time, like any relationship. Um, I've been married almost 30 years. But it took time for me to build up to, to the point where I said, hey, I want you to be my wife. And um, for us, the, 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 the best example of community um, relations type um, relationships is going to be our CSPB, which is our Community Safety Partnership Bureau, where we have officers assigned to a community for five years straight. And those officers, are their, their job is primarily just to do community engagement. They'll do um, programs with the kids. It's not about arrest. That, that part is easy for LAPD. But when it comes to having authentic relationships where we give each other grace um, and have those uncomfortable conversations, that what I, that's what I tell my officers. Take the time to know the community. Take the time to have those uncomfortable conversations. But more importantly, police that community with, with integrity. Police that community as if you'd be policing your, your own uh, family. So that's, that's what I tell my officers. Uh, and uh, with this with this 30, 30th anniversary. Yes, sir. Um, what does it mean to you, but also seeing uh, what has been rebuilt uh, in this community? It means a lot. I mean, um, for me, as I mentioned earlier, think about 30 years ago in this city, we had 1,092 homicides. Um, that's, that's, number one, it's unacceptable, but that's, that's unheard of. But if you average the last 10 years, we're averaging about 263. One homicide is too much, but we're getting better. And it's not because of LAPD, it's because of the relationships we built with our interventionists, with our community-based organizations, um, with folks uh, then having to access the jobs. I think that's, that's huge. So um, I'm hopeful that we can continue to go forward. There's Everybody certainly some more bus. work to be done. But I'm hoping that we're going in the right direction. Chief, I appreciate sir. it. Thanks a lot. Very nice meeting you, sir. Uh, thank you All right, John, so we're here at the corner, Florence and Normandy. This is where everything started 30 years ago. Um, for folks who, many people who, the whole generation wasn't even alive, who don't understand how this look did not look like this after what took place. Well, the real magic of what you saw today, Roland, thank you for being here with us all day. If you don't realize how much you put in, you didn't tell me to get a photo and leave. You've been here all day. Is it? This is normal, but but normal is not necessarily normal. You got to work toward normal. Traffic lights at work. People stop at traffic. No one. Everybody's helping each other out, saying hello to people. People con conversing, creating business and commerce of all races, of all places. Home ownership on those streets behind this. That normalcy did not exist on April 29th. You'll roll the tape. It was it was horrible. It was the worst of us guy being, innocent guy, Reginald Denny, being pulled out of his truck, dragged on the ground, almost beaten to death, but saved by another black person who said, who put his body in front of those who were trying to attack him and said, this will not happen on my watch. Our brother's keeper is what we became on that day. Karen Bass, congresswoman now, who was, at that point, I believe a community leader, was driving through this intersection, bricks just missing her car. She was trying to get to Reverend Murray at First Amy Church, and he's with us in spirit. He's 92 now. He, he would have been here. It was a scheduling conflict. He actually is still very active. But all the religious leaders then went from they, the, the, went from chaos here to the governor and the mayor, different political parties, 
capitalists and business people and community leaders coming together, white and black coming together, rich and poor, all the religion coming together to Reverend Murray's office where he said no Good job, more. John. Thank you, you very much, brother. God bless you, man. Right, Thank Roland. you. No more of this on our watch. And it just stopped, Roland. The, the drama, the pain, the damage, the carnage of us hurting each other. Because we weren't hurting anybody else at that point. We're hurting and destroying our own community. The, the police basically blocked this area. The community left. Off, and it was kind of like, do whatever you want to do. Just real talk. Chief Darrell Gates at that, at that time told his people to pull out. He thought it was unsafe. Now, when the police tell the police to pull out, it's either really bad or they're just not very good police. Today we had the deputy chief of police who's black, who's in charge of this area. That's progress. You had a, a, a mayor who speaks Spanish, a white mayor who speaks Spanish. You had Congresswoman Karen Bass, who's trying to be mayor now. You had Diane Watson. You had Maxine Water, the Urban League, and all these, or, and, and Hapen Inn of the Korean organization. And all this, uh, uh, Laura King, this, the daughter of Reginald uh, Rodney King. King, who's saying this is the uh, uh, payoff of what my daddy asked for. Can we all just get along? This was that payoff. That was a setup. This was the payoff. And to have it, I mean, the work still continues. I mean, you know, people are like going, people going to destinations. You, you never quite get there. And as I always say, our whole goal is not for black people to survive. It's for us to thrive. It's not to thrive. And to build. To build home ownership. To build small business ownership. To, to become to, entrepreneurs. To mid-sized to big businesses. That's right. To go from to go from that, that all idea, that small business. I had a guy walk up to me from our community like, man, I want to do a community venture capital academy. What? What did you just say to me? Right here at the Flashpoint. I had a brother, former gang member, said, I need to I need you to mentor me, help me get to these banks. I don't want a handout. I want to create a community venture capital academy to show our people how to become venture capitalists and then the people get funded by the venture capital. Look. That's everything. That's, that's like, it, because now the community is beginning to understand. Yep. You got to own. Always a pleasure, man. Love I appreciate man. it. Thank you, bud. Thanks for being here. All right. All right. Let's get on that bus. Roland, Ma Roland right Martin, unfiltered. Uh, John Holt Bryant, we certainly thank you very much uh, for inviting us, folks. Uh, let me introduce you to my uh, panel. Normally, we have our panel via Skype, but I said, look, we in L.A., let's have folks live. Uh, Y'all have seen Jasmine Koenig, journalist and, uh, of course, uh, activist, political strategist. She had all kinds of titles. So glad to uh, glad to see uh, uh, Jasmine here. Uh, Yuko Babu, co-founder yeah. of the Pan-African Film Festival. Uh, man, I was there years ago, uh, and, of course, it is one of the most most important uh, film festivals in the country. I didn't say one of the most important black film festivals. I said one of the most important film festivals, period. And also, former police chief and city councilman here uh, in Los Angeles, uh, Bernard Parks, uh, sitting here. Uh, you know, you can, you can tell we in L.A., you know, with, 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 with how he dressed, you know. Uh, uh, I see. You, we, we can tell. So let's, let's, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, I don't know who's older out of, out of Bernard or Babu. I'm going to let y'all fight that out. Same year. Uh, same year? By what? He's older than you by one month. Okay, so see, I go to the, I, see, I was the elder start, uh, and so he got you by one month. Uh, Chief, just your thoughts on uh, 
this, this, this historical event that was sad, that was, uh, that was difficult, that was painful, that was traumatic, but that was also honest in terms of how people just simply felt about being disrespected uh, to have these uh, white police officers, um, you know, the verdict not go the way black folks expected uh, in uh, 30 years ago today. You know, I, I think if we look at lessons learned, there's so many inconsistencies in the sense of people were upset about the incident. It seemed as though it toned down when the filings of criminal charges were done. Then when the issue of the uh, verdict came out, there was an explosion throughout the city. And if you make comparisons to 65 riot, 65 riot was pretty well localized in what we call the black community or South Central L.A., this was a explosion throughout the city and where from the Valley to Hollywood to uh, Rampart to a variety of places, South Los Angeles. And so it just took on and continued to grow. And so there were many mistakes made in how the police responded. 65, the uh, Chief Parker thought with the riot going on, just let it go and it will burn itself out. Well, it, it didn't. And then we learned from that and there's supposed to be a more proactive approach but the major mistakes early on was not having enough resources uh, in the sense of being there. It took like 12 hours to become fully uh, deployed. All of that uh, crime and burning occurred in the first night and the first day. And you go down Central Avenue, you go to Alvarado and Third Street, uh, the garment district downtown, all those were wiped out in a matter of about 12, 13 hours. And so when we look back on it, some of the lessons we learned in 65, we didn't take those lessons today because we still have vacant lots from the burned out buildings. We still have people saying we're going to have this economic development. Much of it didn't occur. People are still living in neighborhoods where they're complaining. The complaints in, in uh, 92 and 65 are almost identical. No access to food, poor housing, poor employment, lack of education. The only difference I saw in comparing them, that when we talked about stores and access to food in 65, the complaint was against Jewish store owners. In 92, it was Korean store owners. So, but again, the same stores that just changed hands. And so those are some kind of inconsistencies and things. But when, you know, what people don't realize, it takes decades to build a community. And then all of a sudden you have a riot and somebody says, we're going to build it back in a number of years. You don't build back in a number of years. It takes decades to bring communities back. Babu, the thing that people, you know, Dr. King said it, you know, uh, what riots represent, uh, uh, the voices of the unheard. And what it exposed everybody in america is real good at oh my god look at this uh how dare these things happen we saw the same thing after george floyd with minneapolis but what those folks mostly white have don't refuse refuse to accept is that when you have ignored people when they have been degraded when they've been dehumanized when they've been disrespected uh they are going to respond the same way, let's just be honest, America's always responded. The reality is, violence is as America as apple pie. Sound like H. Rap Brown. Let me say this. Uh, their response, white America's response, is typical. It's been, it's been the same response for the last 200 years. It's not new. 
what's one of the, it's always a negative and a positive experience in all things. So I want to talk about the positive came out of the 92, because there's a negative exists at the same time as always the positive. The Pan-African Film Festival, we've been thinking about that for a long time, the need something to begin to tell our story even more. We, we all come out of black studies and creation of black studies. We said, let's get involved in cinema and tell our story. But when the 92 Rebellion Uprising riot happened, we had been here in 65, so we seized the moment and we got all the resources to support and create the Pan-African Film Festival. That directly came out of that. More importantly is this, Every time there is a rebellion by black folks, uprising, uh, rioting, we feel energized, we feel empowered, we feel that there's a possibility of a change, and it spurs us on. John Hope Franklin came out of that experience. All that comes is always a positive, and that positive comes out, and you seize that positive, and you run with it. If you don't, you know, even uh, the whole struggle with the police department, if it had not been in 65, not been in 92, Bernard, Chief Park may not have been here. This all came out, this positive experiences. So, you know, that's very important for us to always understand. For every negative is always a positive. And you seize on the positive and go forward. And really what that means, Jasmine, is, is, is taking advantage of the moment. Uh, because what took forever so many people who were just ignoring um uh black los angeles now it's kind of like do you hear me now do y'all want to pay attention now <laughs> do do we now have your attention As well, and when it's the 29th year and the 28th year, we're, we're still out there um remembering what happened but um you know, it's it's these 25th, these 30th, these milestone anniversaries that the media gets involved. Um, you know, look, I was 14 when that happened. I didn't exactly understand everything that was going on at the time, but I knew there was a lot of anger in Los Angeles. I remember I was living in a group home. I was a foster child um, on Western Washington, and I saw the people with the furniture and the baby milk and the diapers, too. Um, what I also do remember, Roland, as journalists, do you remember the shortage of black reporters that were on hand to be able to tell our stories? And so when... Um, when Babu talks about the positive that came out of it, I also saw a lot of black journalists come out of that, particularly here in Los Angeles. Same as in 65. Right we, Same. Wouldn't, right. we wouldn't talk to anyone but our own people, and our own people knew how to get into our community because it was their community, too. So that's something that I, that I think of. But, Roland, I also think about this. It is 2022, and I think you said this in the beginning of the show, the same conditions that exist existed in 1965 and 1992 exist today. How many times do we see officers get acquitted, officers not even get charged? And, and the difference now is we actually have video. Like, you know, what happened with Rodney King was like, wow. And, and not grainy video. And not grainy like, video. Like, we got 4K. <laughs> And folks are still either not being charged or being acquitted. And so that anger is still there. That issue is still around. The, the thing that um, um, is, is, is interesting to me, again, when, whenever we examine um, when these things happen, um, I, I'm always looking at, yeah, what is the, what is the response? And it is always amazing to me 
uh, Chief Parks, Councilman Parks, when, when I see people who are so vocal about protect those buildings, but silent about protect those lives. Well, I, I think you have a, a lot of people that pick the easy subject. It's easier to protect the building. Or for America, what they think is the most valuable subject. Well, that's true. But, but I think one of the things that you find, we keep relearning re the same lessons. I doubt you can walk around this area and find people that can talk to you about 92. And that was only that was only 30 years ago. There is no one in the area that can talk to you about 965. And so people keep relearning the same lessons. And then when they find out, it's like it's brand new to them. Elected officials today are not aware of what their history is. They don't take an opportunity to learn what other administrations have done, why it failed, and just to look towards the future and continue doing the same thing. That's why I think we, we lose our history when we don't uh, identify it ourselves and begin to look at what the issues are. For years we've told people you can't solve a problem if you've not identified it. You spend your life fixing the symptoms of the problem versus the problem itself. But again, you can't get into this fixing if you don't have the history of saying right. why this doesn't work. And then the other issue is the accountability. There's so little accountability today. Yeah. You get an elected official to come in office eight years later, four years later, they're gone. They take credit for whatever did or didn't happen, and they ignore what didn't happen. And so you have the cycle that goes on. And the police departments across the nation, you'll find their, the lack of uh, accountability ongoing. You, you have these situations to where people can talk themselves around the issue. Most of the defense of the people in Minnesota was we followed the lead of the senior officer. Well, common sense would tell you, you can't follow the lead of the senior officer if somebody's doing something, if somebody's doing something criminal. Yeah. Yeah. So the lack of common sense, the lack of accountability, uh, the, what I always think is a throwaway line, when you and others go out in the community or to officials and say, what should we do? The first thing they say is training. Training is a red herring. It's accountability there you go. is what the issue is. Do you hold people accountable for their right and wrong activities? Do you promote the wrong people even though they've done these wrong things? These are the things that keep happening over and yep. over again. Uh, Jasmine, John, John uh, O'Brien has a uh, saying he always uses. He says, you have never seen uh, a riot in a community with a credit score of 700 or higher. <laughs> when we talk about Again, we talk about uh, what precipitated 1992. Uh, we, we talk about police abuse. We talk about uh, the conditions in communities that result in anger. It always comes back to that one thing in America is money. Oh. And that is the communities that get, got the money, that get the money, and then those that actually uh, do the work for them to get paid, but never actually see see the riches. And so that's what it speaks to when you begin to go down. And even now, you're talking about a massive home ownership crisis uh, in America, and especially as impacting African Americans. We lost 53% of all black wealth during the home ownership crisis. Then you begin to talk about uh, in 2013 when they gave out 23.09 billion in small business loans in America, and black businesses got 385 million. Why? No home, no loan, no business. 
business. Uh, and so America, which Dr. King talked about in his book, Where Do We Go From Here, Chaos or Community, he said, will America write that big check? He said, it ain't cost America much for us to go to restaurants and go to parks and then swimming pools. He said, now there's a big check that they have to write, and that is that that is still the fundamental issue. All right, y'all got some y'all got some laws, you got some rights, you good. Now we ain't trying to give you no money. We're not trying to rebuild, we're not trying to reinvest, we're not trying and do it over a 20, 30, 40 year period. It's sort of like, all right, this thing lasted two, three years. All right, we good. Can we can we go on back to what we we're doing beforehand? That also seems to be this recurring theme, whether it's Los Angeles or Houston or Charlotte or New Orleans, we can go on and on and on where you find black people. And I want to add to that, that we have the issue of gentrification, particularly here in Los Angeles. So when you talk about 30 years ago and rebuilding over the past 30 years, now I'm seeing neighborhoods that have been rebuilt but have pushed out the people who who live there just simply by the cost of the, what it costs to rent or buy there. And that's a real big problem, particularly for black people in Los Angeles. We are being pushed out of this city. And so, yeah, so there are parts of this city that have never been rebuilt since there are parts of the city that haven't been rebuilt since 1965, let alone 92. But at the end of the day, for me, um, as someone who lives here and wants to stay here, you know, when you talk about that home ownership, I'm like, will I own a home in L.A. before I die, right? And I think a lot of people, I'm a Gen Xer, woo-woo, like here in L.A., like that is a concern for us because we're constantly, this is our community. We want to be here. We were here in 92. We're here in 2022. But we see that we are being pushed out. We mm -hmm. are really being pushed out of the city but again the pushing out still goes back to money yeah so if you don't have job if you don't have you do if you don't have the right jobs uh if we talk about the well, working poor right that's what i'm saying not, but say but so, yeah. so 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 when i say the when i say when i say it comes down to money i'm not just talking about the investment of capital in rebuilding what i'm talking about is when you have areas where people are not able uh to have mm -hmm. high five figure six figure jobs that also goes to it and so you talk about the working poor in this country the fight for 15 dollars uh, living wage uh, when, when it comes you know all of these different things that that's what we're dealing with uh, mm -hmm. and so I talk about it so much on the show people always like bro why are you always talking about the money I'm like because if you can't if, if you talk about America you got to talk about the money yes I mean you, you, you cannot separate and I keep saying it they really don't have any problem with us talking about mass incarceration and police brutality and education I say but when you talk about the money it's like and then why you get to bring all that up because that's where it gets real uncomfortable when yeah. you get to the money. No, I, I think you hit the, the right point. But again, whenever there's a serious issue, it forces people to back up. I mean, when you sit down and turn the news on or read the newspaper and you see what goes on in Congress on a daily basis, there's not a lot of people talking about the good of the community. You're talking about looking at how people are investing their money how they're playing the stock market, how they're getting inside information. So again, it's all self-interest as opposed to really public interest. And that's where we keep falling down on this whole issue. So your concerns are not their concerns. You're talking about, hey, how do I, we get the fair share of money? How do we get the fair share of resources? That's not everyone's agenda. There are some agendas that are saying, how do I keep it away from you? So I don't have to take it from my community. 
And so that's the difference that we run across, that there's few that are in a consistent view. And even those that have a good idea of what to do, it's short term. It is very short term. Right. And that's why you get cycled back over and over. And that's why you keep relearning the problem. Babu, a final comment before I go to break. I think that I agree with everybody, what everybody said here. But I think where we are at this historical moment, we are dealing with capital, which we're in capitalism. That's the reality. So you have to decide how do you move in capitalism. And we're also oppressed by race and lack of money. So, the, so the, the strategy to resolve that first is a policy question. So we as a people have to finally sit down and say, okay, how do we deal with class and race that's effective and look at where we've been since 1865, Reconstruction, down to now, then make some decisions. Because we have been afraid to finally make a decision. We gotta face that. They haven't given us capital, even 1865. At the same time, the Freedom Bank was destroyed and robbed by folks that had been appointed by the administration that was never convicted. We never got that money. Not only Precisely. Paid, never got it paid right? back. Never, yeah, never got that money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So now we're at a point where we now have to begin to stop and say, let's really look at our situation, where we've yeah. been and where we really got to go. Because nobody wants to deal with what Chief has said, what you've said. Because if you don't deal with that historical moment about these issues, we can't go forward. Uh, indeed. Uh, hold tight one second. I'm going to go to a break. We come back. Speaking of. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Money. Uh, we're going to talk with Attorney Ben Crumper, one of his clients. They're suing Wells Fargo, saying that they have denied black folks economic opportunities, especially when it came to the refinancing of homes during uh, COVID and also the number of black people who lost their homes during the home foreclosure crisis, crisis in 2007, 2008, and 2009. Folks, you're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered, broadcasted live from Lamert Park here in Los Angeles on the 30th anniversary of the Rodney King verdict riots. Don't forget to support us in what we do. Download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Xbox, Samsung. Also, please support and join our Brain and Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to support what we do. P.O. Box. 57196 uh, Washington DC 20037 Cash App is Dallas Sign RM Unfiltered PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered Venmo is RM Unfiltered Zell is rolling at rollingasmartin.com and Facebook and YouTube posts. Be sure to hit that share and like button as well. I'll be right back. When I first moved to LA, me and Joe lived together, right? right. And and it was that was a big blessing because I didn't have to worry about paying rent. You know, right. I was just struggling right. doing my thing, and that was a big, big help. And then when I think when I moved out, I think that's when I saw the division because I think Joe I Joe felt like I didn't need him anymore. Right. And it wasn't that it was like I'm a grown ass man, two grown ass men. But actually that's well that is true. You don't need him anymore. Right. When, when you grow up I mean, first of all you when you grow up, it's like hey, you yeah. help and this time you get your ass out of the house right. and go do your own thing. Right. He didn't want me to move out. But I'm like, you know what? At the time when I moved out I mean what? Were you paying a light bill? I wasn't anything. And I, and I said, you know what? I need to I need this responsibility. It's going to make me work harder in my career if I know I got rent to pay, I got right. bills to pay. I was paying a cell phone bill, that was it. Right. No, but Joe was treating me like a little butler. Like, like because <laughs> I'm telling you, I was like Benson. Now, I'm telling you, man. Please fetch yo, me some water. He was using the Jedi mind tricks. Yo, man, you still make them good grilled cheese sandwiches you made when you were little? <laughs> no, you don't. You know, next thing I'm at the, at the stove. <laughs> Flipping. And then it dawned on me. Check me again. Got me again. the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, Financial Literacy. Without it, wealth is just a pipe dream. And yet, half of our schools in this country don't even teach it to our kids. You're going to hear from a woman who's determined to change all that, not only here, but around the world. World of Money is the leading provider of immersive financial education for children ages 7 to 18. We provide 120 online and classroom hours of financial education. That's right here on Get Wealthy on Black Star Network.
This week on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr. Reparations, is it finally time? Two of the country's foremost authorities on the subject will join me to try to answer that very question. A powerful installment of The Black Table with me, Greg Carr, right here, only on the Black Star Network. Hi, I'm Teresa Griffin. Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, welcome back to Lemur Park here in Los Angeles on the 30th anniversary of the Rodney King verdict riots. Uh, a class action lawsuit has been filed against California-based bank Wells Fargo saying they have been, they've had a history of discriminatory practices against uh, African-Americans, especially when it comes to home ownership, uh, but also lending practices against their black customers. Uh, Shia Beckwith-Simmons, uh, uh, as part of the lawsuit, she joins us now with her attorney Ben Crump from Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, glad to have both of you with us. Um, Ms. Beckwith-Simmons, so tell us your story in terms of, you know, what has been the issue that you have faced with Wells Fargo and why you chose to pursue this lawsuit? Well, what happened is during the pandemic, I chose to take a forbearance, um, which was in our family's best interest as we financed our son's law school um, education and dealt with cuts that we'd had to our income in the pandemic. We did everything we were supposed to do. We talked with them quarterly, and then we returned to uh, our normal, normally scheduled payments once we ended the forbearance when our income uh, returned to its normal levels. Uh, and in January, I received notice that Wells Fargo intended to foreclose on my home because, in their words, as of yesterday, I didn't return a call, and they sent numerous letters. So I am um, here to fight against Wells Fargo that their uh, first solution is to take the homes of black homeowners because they are acting like a petulant middle school child. Ben Crump, um, this is, um, again, one of the numerous examples we've heard from so many other people as well uh, when it comes to what they say uh, is uh, disparate treatment from Wells Fargo. Yeah, you know, Roland, it really comes down to banking while black in a profound way here. Uh, because of the pandemic, the federal government had given Americans an opportunity to take advantage of a historic low interest rate, the lowest interest rates that they had had in 70 years. And millions of Americans took advantage of this opportunity to try to build equity and to build wealth. And I don't have to tell you, Roland Martin, you know, home ownership is the, one of the most uh, accessible ways for middle-class people to build wealth. And so Black people who applied for these home loans and to be refinanced were denied uh, on the 50% of the time, Roland. And that is comparable to other banks that were given over 73% of the loans to black people. Because remember, the government was trying to make sure the economy didn't fall. So they were doing everything in their power to let people refinance, get equity, to, like Ms. Simmons, to be able to 
get forbearance so they wouldn't go into foreclosure. But with all of this, Wells Fargo looked like they reverted back to their old ways in 2013, Roland. They had to pay $175 million because they were discriminating against African-Americans and Latinas. And so what we say here is, everybody, please follow the example of Mayor Eric Adams, who said the city of New York will do no new business with Wells Fargo Bank until they address these, uh, I mean, just these inequities that discriminate against us, our communities, our children's future, and getting generational wealth. Absolutely. So, Shai, um, how long have y'all owned your home? I've owned a home for over 12 years, um, and we're very proud of it. We've taken care of it. We've not missed payments. We've done our due diligence, Roland. We work very hard to secure uh, a hopeful and, and healthy financial future for our children. And so for our home to be threatened when we've done what we're supposed to do, Wells Fargo will enter into an agreement understand it and then backpedal and their response is to foreclose on the homes of black americans i don't know how it's possible and it's certainly not okay so while they may be able to go back and fix an individual situation my concern is that other black mothers and other parents and homeowners do not have to encounter the treatment that we've encountered from wells fargo if i did not fight back if i did not speak out i would not be able i'm not sleeping well anyway but I would not sleep well at all. My question still remains, what would have happened had I died in this pandemic? Would Wells Fargo have taken my home because they said they lacked a signature after they'd only talked to me by phone? And we're not talking about something that needs to be um, endorsed or certified or any of that. I banked with Wells Fargo. I went into the bank. I went to their ATM. I literally have our checking account with them. And they had no way to contact me. So instead, they say, well, our only resolve is to foreclose on your home. And that is not okay, Roland, because there's a group of individuals in our community that might not speak up and they might not fight back. And I have every intention to fight like the ancestors to let Wells Fargo know that this treatment is not okay for me nor is it okay for anybody else in our community. Uh, ben, we uh, live streamed the news conference that you held in Atlanta uh, a couple days ago. Um, have you heard from a lot more folks who have banked with or have their mortgage with Wells Fargo uh, who, has been, who have been complaining about treatment uh, from the bank? We certainly have, Roland, and I want to thank you and the Black Star Network because the information that you disseminated from covering that press conference struck a chord with the black community. We've had dozens and dozens of calls from all over America, people having similar experiences to Miss Shia Simmons, as well as Sharitha Fannin. You remember that was the sister Roland, 59 years old, educator, uh, stayed in the house with her granddaughter and the dog, and they had mole issue. Now, her house appraised at $245,000. All she needed was fifteen dollars to $20,000 to fix the roof so they can make sure the mole was taken care of and it would be uh, a health and safety issue for her and her family. But Wells Fargo strung her along and strung her along 
I mean, and it's just horrific when you think about this sister had a, uh, a serious health issue, and all they had to do was honor their longtime customer who had banked with Wells Fargo for over 25 years, had paid her mortgage on time, did everything right, had an abundance of equity in her home. But because of Wells Fargo, reverting back to what we commonly know as banking while black, because that's the only way, Roland, you can get those statistics that we see. Everybody else in the 70, mid-70s and Wells Fargo at 47%. And so the, a lot of mayors, Roland, and I hope and pray that they will show great leadership and say, we're going to stand up for black people. We're not going to let Wells Fargo dupe us again. We're going to say, until you do right by black homeowners, we're not going to do any new business with you because this truly is about trying to close that wealth gap. All right, Attorney Ben Crump, Shia Simmons, I appreciate both of you uh, joining us here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, thank you so very much. Thank you. Hey, thank God for you, Roland. Thank you, Roland. God bless. I very appreciate. It. Thanks a lot. Let's uh, let's turn to my panel here. I mean, this is this this issue. First of all, we, we're talking about long history with Wells Fargo. Uh, I, I did the outline the other day, the timeline, I'm sorry. Uh, 2011, NAACP had sued them, then they settled. Uh, a variety of promises made by Wells Fargo. Then nine years later, 2020, uh, folks uh, were talking about uh, how they were uh, not, uh, to the point being Crump was making, uh, Bloomberg did the, did the examination, 72% of whites uh, uh, had their homes um, refinanced during COVID, only 47% of African Americans. Uh, and, uh, and so now you have the, the lawsuits being filed. Well, Wells Fargo says, oh, we put practices in place, we've changed things, yet it continue, we continue to hear uh, bad practices. And Shia said something that was interesting, Jasmine. She said, not only do I have the mortgage with Wells Fargo, I'm a customer. So her money is being placed in the bank. It sort of reminded me when my, when my parents, who had been banking with bank, the, the bank, with the, the location they had for years, they never changed. And then the, the companies changed, eventually it was Bank of America. Applied for a loan, couldn't get a loan, and they're sitting here going, "Wait a minute, we've been we've been customers here 20 plus years." I told a story when uh, I um, when we launched the company, and I wanted to do uh, actually before uh, we launched the show, uh, when I was in Chicago, uh, I wanted a business card from Chase Bank. I get denied. I'm going, "I'm sorry, it's a quarter of a million dollars sitting in the bank, and you gonna deny me?" I said, "Cool, take all my money out." I removed all my money. I'm like, you can't, you can't give, you can't give me a damn business card with a quarter million dollars sitting in the bank. Oh, y'all can go to hell. And and th and this is what we see where how the financial services industry, uh, frankly, screws over black people. And their response is, well, let me just give a couple of dollars of civil rights groups, everything be good. Right. So a couple of things uh, that come to mind. One, on, on you trying to get that, that business loan, it reminded me of the fake German heiress who they was all throwing money at and with no proof of anything. They Nothing. didn't have a quarter of a million dollars in the bank. Okay? <laughs> so that that's one thing. But as Paul Mooney said, uh, she had the complexion for, for the protection. Yes, she did. <laughs> 
Um, and what else struck me about this story? What I I am a Wells Fargo customer. I do have my savings and much as meager as they are. I do have them with Wells Fargo. But one of the things that I heard that really piqued my interest was that the mayor in Eric Adams said at first when when I heard Eric, I thought I was like, no, they're not gonna say Garcetti because this city trying to get rid of blacks. They wouldn't do anything to work with the bank to make sure we keep our homes. But I would like to see more cities do that. More cities speak up. And then on the organizations that take this money, so we have a thing in Domino's where we say all Hold tight one second. For, okay, so y'all not monitoring her microphone. Her microphone is hot. Uh, so please, turn her microphone down. Okay. That microphone is way too hot. Okay, I don't know how y'all in the control room didn't say nothing, but um, I'm just in the chat room, so turn that microphone down. Uh, give me a 10 count, please. Uh, okay, now you turn it off, dude. Now they don't hear. Okay, take my microphone. Okay, we're going to switch. We have a thing in Domino's where we, where we say all money is not good money. These civil rights organizations, sometimes we have to say no to money that we know is just a payoff and not accept that money. But our organizations are usually so dire and so in need. We'll take, we take... They don't get the way they take it anyway. If you don't take some money, ask for a hundred million. But move on in, I'm sorry. I want to say, let's go a little deeper. All of these things should not be as tried as the court of years. When black folks still sit around in a shop and bank dub with a dub, there's a problem with us. What that problem is, and I'm really trying to be delicate, is this, is that if we understand who we're dealing with, then we know that Chase Manhattan Bank, uh, all these different institutions, first of all, they're abstractions. So they're going, to be, they're going to do what they're going to do. How do we stop it? We always have to be on guard to struggle against and stand up and speak for yourself. My father told me when I was a kid, Stand up and speak for yourself, otherwise you don't get spoken for. And if you sit around and think that uh, these institutions, or at that time he was a chef at the Hilton Hotel, he said, if I thought the Hilton Hotel was looking out for my interests, I'd be a fool. So he always operated as a chef for the Hilton Hotels, but he also stood up for himself and did what he had to do. An example of that is that he always brought home the big bones for the dog and so forth and so on, then he put about 500 steaks, New York cut steaks, all these other steaks underneath the bones. Said so they ain't paying me nothing, no way, so this is how I get my money back. So we were raised by people who said, stand up and speak. Don't let things pass you by without speaking about it and go and get some other black folks to stand up. If you don't stand up, Bernard knows if you don't stand up on the football field, the basketball field, you get left out. We, are, we, we keep believing in abstract, well, these people are nice. They don't see you as customers, they see you as victims, they see you as somebody can hustle. So we have to really understand from day one and teach our children that. And then we'll be able to push. Long as, if we push back, they get back. If you don't push, it doesn't happen. Well, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, look, but, but the thing, um, uh, Chief Park, that I just keep, again, and I've said this, is that when you have civil rights groups who do their memorandums of understanding, 
Stop playing yourself small. The, the rest- Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Is if a if a bank screwed black people to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars, a million dollar donation ain't nothing. If you're gonna settle with the bank, you say y'all took several hundred million from black people, y'all gonna return seven hundred million. Right. I'm, I'm trying to understand uh, the, the logic behind it when the federal government. Uh, settles with these banks for 100, 200, 300 million dollar settlements that people also need to understand are tax write-offs. So they ain't losing nothing. Is it becomes a tax write-off? Uh, there has to be, again, ROI, return on investment, and, and that's the biggest thing for me. They get off easy by saying, let's just buy a few tables at an event, hand out a few awards, as opposed to actually say, 
No, we are going to have full redress as a result of the people who we impacted, who now no longer have homes, and now they're renting, now they're paying more, now they can't use that home as leverage to get a loan. Now they can't, look, my parents, my sister, and my her child live in my house. There's three generations live in a house that's paid for. That's the impact when you actually own versus you're renting. I, th I think you bring up a, a very valid point, and, but I think we also lose sight of if you don't have the expertise to do those negotiations, you're going to settle for less. And I think that when we look at how much money has been lost, it shouldn't be any mystery that they are not working in your interest. But I want to go back to a, a more basic point. We talked about the riots. One of the things that all of these things financially are often over the head of the folks that are getting arrested or on the street. But when we think about, the, say, the city of L.A., after going through the uh, Christopher report, the dealing with the issue of, uh, of uh, 92 riot and all that other, to find out 20 years later that the city of L.A. and its police department is heavily involved in frisk and stop today. 20 years after this, the police commission finally put out an order that said you can't do pretext stops. Pretext stops is basically telling you you have no probable cause, you just had a hunch. Right. Well, we've been talking about hunches for years. And so these are things I think that... And that's how a lot of us end up getting shot and killed. Like the brother in Grand Rapids, Michigan, you had the wrong license plate. Yeah. Well, and the th well, I think you have those issues and you have officers who have a concern about their safety whether it's valid or not, but they oftentimes will overreact. And I think unless you hold them accountable, not just when they shoot, but when they twist your arm or put handcuffs or they treat you badly or they speak to you badly, that's when you stop that bad behavior. When I was the chief of police, we fired 140 officers in less than five years. And that accountability went through the line. Not only could you not mistreat people in the department, you couldn't mistreat the public. By the way, you can't get promoted either, and you can't get the better assignment. People have to realize that when they do things, you're going to evaluate it, right. and you're going to make a, a, a decision. But when you think about the city of L.A. did not know that since 2002, that stop and frisk was flourishing in the city, several hundred thousand more stops than they had in previous. Mm. And at the same time, they were falsifying crime stats. They've, the LA Times verified that you had eight years of falsified crime set. Right. So people are taking credit for crime reduction that didn't exist. Well, w when they went back to people who were supposed to be overseeing this, the comment in the paper was, uh, we uh, basically were, were led, uh, led down the path, that we were co-opted. You say, how could you be co-opted and your job is to oversee the actions of a department that you have spent millions of dollars in the public for poor behavior? And so, although the financial stuff is absolutely essential, I don't think you can get to that before you deal with the fundamental issues of how people are treated. When you ride down the street, are you sitting people on the curb? Are you seeing people mishandled? If that treatment is going on, it's a major step to get to the point of financial equality. Well, the, well, the financial, but, but you say accountability. 
but there also has to be financial accountability. I agree. I agree. And so, and so, so, so the issue for me, look, the city of New York said we're not opening any uh, any accounts with Wells Fargo. Uh, what Attorney Ben Crump was saying there, which I absolutely support, it should be cities across this country who are saying, uh, you know what, we're going to pull our money uh, out of your banks. And states should be doing the exact same thing because, again, that's how, that's how we get their attention. But the, but the other thing that I, that I keep telling these groups, and, and let me be real clear, if you a bank and you're doing right, okay, then you're doing things as a community, okay, fine. Uh, you're supporting financially. But what, what I see to these civil rights organizations is, it's like when I tell, I tell these advertisers, I'm not going to praise you because your press release. I'm going to praise you based upon deposits you actually make. And so, to me, if you are a civil rights group, you say, no, Wells Fargo, we're not going to take your money for two or three years until we actually see the results that you have gotten better. But what they do is, uh, like, for instance, in 2020, so again, as I said earlier, the timeline, in 2020, they were screwing over black people who were trying to refinance when it comes to COVID, but at the same time, they announced they were putting $50 million uh, in black banks, and the NAACP sent a press, re press, re press release out praising them. And I'm like, the same year that was happening, then you're praising them. See, I'm sorry. Again, one of the things that I, I talked about with black leadership, we do play ourselves small. We have folk who go to the table, you're absolutely right, who are not used to being at the table of power, who go in uh, small as opposed to walking in, so what do y'all want? 500 million, a billion. No, we literally go in and we think a lot of money is 100,000. And that is also, I think, part of the problem. And what I've seen, you, you said we got folks who don't not negotiate. You're absolutely right. If there are folk who don't not negotiate, don't bring them to the damn meeting, Jasmine. Yeah. Understanding that they're not bringing a seat to the table. They are the table. The community is the table. Our people are the table. They're oh, coming oh, oh, to oh, us. Oh. I want you to repeat that. You said, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because you said the community is the table. Yes. Which means you ain't there to negotiate a deal for your organization. Right. Don't say you represent the people right. if you ain't negotiating for the people. Right. 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 The people are the table. The second thing I want to point out. You made some, <laughs> I agree with you, everything you're saying, and it made me think of other communities and how other communities deal with things, right? When they are disrespected or they find out someone is doing something to their community, you cannot buy them off. They will boycott you. They will ruin you financially. Um, and so I think as black folks, we have to really, I'm always saying this, we have to reexamine who our leadership is. Everyone's not a leader. Um, they're just not. And we have to, like you said, we have to ask for more and we have to not be afraid. They've taken as much as they, look at what they've taken from us. I mean, the least we can do is ask for half a million dollars or a million dollars or more when it comes to something like and this. And see, that's even low. I that, know, that's right? That's even low. I don't even, <laughs> but see, but see, but, but, Babu, Babu, on the point that Jasmine just made there, when, um, when she mentioned boycott, uh, I talk about this a lot. Uh, on the show. Uh, Antoine, see if that book is in my bag. I think I took it out. Um, because I tell people all the time, stop hollering boycott. And the reason I say that is because anybody who understands Dr. King and Operation Breadbasket, boycott was actually the last thing. It was last. Folk are so good at hollering boycott, and I'm like, you ain't educated nobody. You haven't, you haven't enlightened anybody. No one knows what the goal is. The, the reason the Colin Kaepernick 
so-called boycott failed? People say, we go boycott watching the NFL. Did nobody know who was organizing it, who was leading it, what the directions were, what the plan was, what the plan of action was? And so it was just sort of this haphazard thing. And when it's haphazard, it's going to always fail. And now you shot your shot. Now the folks you're targeting were like, well, hell, y'all couldn't even organize that. So now when you come at us, well, we know this is going to fail again because it failed last time. That's why I tell people, stop being so quick to holler boycott until you teach people first what the issue is we're supposed to even be concerned about. I agree, but I, th I think there's two, two issues here, additional issues. I agree with what you're saying. Number one is first and foremost, we have got to understand that all people, I don't think it's that they go in asking too low. I don't think that's the issue at all. I think everybody has got enough sense to, when you go and talk to somebody who got a whole bunch of money, you know how to talk and get more money. They all know that. What, the reason why they do that is that they're trying to get a position or get a deal for themselves. It's a corruption in the leadership. It's not that they don't know. That's, that's why I said the Jasmine, right. who you're representing, yourself exactly. or actually the community. Then, and the next question is this. If you disagree with how the Urban League is being run, then you got to get to the meeting, and as Bishop Brookings used to say, you better be at the meeting on Monday to deal with that so that you get remove that leadership and get a new leadership or organize yourself and remove them. But we have not done that because a lot of people don't want to put that time and energy in to do that. As Jim Foreman said in SNCC, when we were in SNCC, Jim said, if you outwork an MF, they'll shut up. You got to outwork them. <laughs> You got to outwork them. So we're not doing that. We're not saying, no, 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 you're not, you, you know better than that. You know, remove them, change, but that means work. The proof of, of that success is Montgomery. As E.D. Nixon said, the brother head of the NWCP said that for years, black folks had been refusing to get off the back, go to the back of the bus since 45, when the brothers came back from service, World War II, they said, we're not taking it. But the problem was they were half drunk, people upset, hit the white man in the head. So they had to find somebody who could do better. Now, they said, okay, let's use the sister who's the secretary in the CP so she can, you know, she can do it right and got a problem, so forth and so on. Now, I'm going to skip real quickly. Then E.D. said he looked around to find who could lead the boycott, who could lead this, 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 this decision to stop and withdraw economic power. He looked around and felt that every minister in, in Montgomery was in the hands of the ruling class of Montgomery. They all had been bought. The only person in Montgomery that had not been bought was Dr. King because he had only been in town for six weeks. He just got there. He just got there. He said, well, I go to talk to this young brother. I know they ain't got to him yet. Maybe he'll stand up. That's what's, that's what's important. Then, he then Dr. King understood, as Bishop Brookings told me, he had fled the South, went up north. This boy goes back from Boston, back down to right. Montgomery, and he leads the boycott. Now, and they consistently analyzed and organized where they were right. and removed that old leadership. That's that's next thing you got to do. And and be committed to that. If you're not committed, you then don't go to war. You, you, you can't you can't. Struggle. But that's what I'm saying. It can't be haphazard, Chief. No. That'll be the last point before we go to a break here. So somebody said this. Um, to me, well, Roland, uh, you're setting the bar too high. I guess he was saying when I asked for 500 million. Okay, so, 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 
So to, to the bro- I want you to speak to this, before, uh, but to the brother who tweeted that, posted that, let me explain something to you. We were in a meeting with uh, a major telecommunications company, and uh, our leadership, I wasn't happy because, one, they were not listening before we went to the meeting. Uh, I was fully aware of the players in the room, and so we go into the room, and they threw out 50000 I literally just rolled my eyes like, what in the hell is wrong with y'all? When we came out of the meeting, they were like, well, what would you have asked for? I said, $100 million. They were like, what? I said, you were sitting across from a company with a market cap of $265 billion. What in the hell do you think $50,000? Literally, in the meeting, they, they literally responded like it was a fleck of dandruff. Like, I got somebody on my staff who handles requests like that. And I'm sitting here like... Do y'all even understand sitting at the table of power? And so to the per- to the brother who's saying, you're saying the bar too high, that, that, that's the person I don't want in the meeting with me. Because if you don't understand the, what their market cap is, if they're worth $265 billion, you asking for a million is nothing. Trust me, when you are sitting across the table from somebody with a market cap of $265 billion, and you put $500 million on the table, they're going to say... Okay, I ain't dealing with a fool here, so I'm going to have to get serious about this meeting. That's also part of, for me, what the ask is. Because also, if you now are a group and you put $500 million on the table, and let's say you negotiate down $300 million, you can then say we can actually provide loans ourselves to our own people. You can't help nobody with a $50,000 grant. Sorry. No, I think you're, you're accurate in the fact that if you don't plan have a plan, you, then you end up failing because in a lot of this stuff, the group that goes in, if they're not on the same page, if they've not worked it out before they open the door, then they're going to be at a disadvantage. And I think that when you look at what's needed, and when you, you talked about Kaepernick, when you throw out an issue of saying boycott and you don't control the group, then everyone that has an agenda shows up at your meeting to bring their agenda, which may not be your agenda. There you go. So therefore, it's a confusing effort that generally goes nowhere. And so I think that's where where the whole issue of planning and discussion, and people shouldn't be in the room negotiating if you've not been in the meeting beforehand to say this is where we're going, this is what we're doing, and nobody's stepping out of line. And I think that's where we lose sight of it, and again, I see it when, for years watching demonstrations. Somebody may have a legitimate cause to demonstrate on the city, but when 10 other groups show up and take you off subject, next thing you know, you're creating slogans that yep. don't mean anything to you. You're, you're giving a message to people that is inconsistent with what you want. So that's why the planning part of this is far greater of importance than people give it credit for. All right, I got to go into a break. We come back. Uh, y'all going to explain to me what in the hell is going on with y'all sheriff? Oh, yes. <laughs> Lord have mercy, y'all. Trust me. Y'all think if you think the sheriff or the police chief in your city crazy, they ain't got nothing on this dude here in Los Angeles County. You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered broadcasting live from Lamert Park here in Los Angeles on the 30th anniversary of the Rodney King verdict riots. You're watching the Black Star Network back in a moment. I'm Dr. Jackie, and on a next A Balanced Life, 
It takes a village to raise a child and truer words have never been spoken. If you're raising a child, you know that it's a blessed challenge like no other, even more so if your child has a disability. We'll talk to parents. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA and our expert panelists about the best way forward for your child to help you maintain your own sanity on a next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie on Black Star Network. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. <laughs> hey, I'm Antonique Smith. What up, Lana Well, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. 
Folks, a lot of drama in L.A. this week with Alex Villanueva, who is the sheriff here in Los Angeles County. He literally held a news conference saying that he was going to be going after and investigating a Los Angeles Times reporter. Response from the um, paper? Bring your ass. Let's go. That's pretty much what the general counsel said. That was like the rolling version of how they responded. Uh, it, it is so, so let's get right to it. Uh, Jasmine. Uh, he can't stand you. Uh, no. I mean, so first of all, to let everybody know, uh, I, I get your tweets, and what 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 the hell is going on? Um, yeah. What is going on? Well, I should be scared because this is a sheriff who also uses his office to exact revenge on people, have people followed, have people going through, have folks going through your trash and everything. But um, Sheriff Alex Villanueva. Um, had the nerve to go on television and say that um, that I only care about Black Lives Matter and I don't care about you know when 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 you know uh, black folks are killing black folks, um, which I thought was hilarious. And clearly, he does not know who I am because people who do know me know that I talk about both of those issues because I think they're both very important. Um, what our sheriff has been doing, though, is uh, low key, he's been trying to start a race riot in our city between Latinos and black folks. Um, he is a Dino, a Democrat in name only. Uh, and again, look, I'm not putting the Democrats on some pedestal, okay, Be as, as, especially when it comes to black people. But in terms of politics here, he is a Dino. I mean, he endorses Republicans. He speaks at the Republican convention. <laughs> so did, did he also deny that there are... Uh, 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 Deputy gangs. Deputy gangs. He did. He, he said, did. oh, those don't exist. Yeah. But then you had a report that said, yeah, they do. Yeah, our, our sheriff is, he is something else. Um, I cannot wait for June 7th to get here. I am lucky enough to be working on Eric Strong's campaign for sheriff. We are trying to get him out. We made a mistake. We were all tricked and duped. We have buyer's remorse. And it's all good because as voters, as engaged citizens, a person's first term in office is a get-to-know-you period. We've gotten to know him. We don't want him for another term. And so we will get rid of him. Let me, uh, let me do this here. Uh, uh, this is actually, uh, do y'all see the video here? Uh, let me know if y'all are seeing this video. Listen to this. Investigation by the department. The matter is under investigation. All right. Is she, is she, part, is she under the investigation? The matter is under investigation. This is stolen property that was removed illegally from people who had some intent, criminal intent. And it'll be subject to investigation. We will not be the only party investigating this. There will be other agencies will also be uh, thoroughly investigating this and monitoring what we're doing. And it will be handed over to the appropriate prosecutorial agency so they make a determination. Sheriff, are you going to answer the question? You placed your picture up there mm -hmm. alongside two other people, mm -hmm. and you talked about it in terms of a criminal investigation. Mm -hmm. Is this Los Angeles Times uh, reporter under investigation by the department? Well, the act is under investigation. All parties to the act are subjects of the investigation. Now, that's why we do investigations. We don't just walk away and say, oh, well, you know, oh, well, so sad. No. Is she one of the parties? Well, she received the information, and then she put, put it to her own use. What she receives legally and puts her own use, and what she receives illegally, and you, or the LA Times use it, I'm pretty sure that's a huge, a complex area of law. 
and uh, freedom of the press and all that. However, when it's stolen material, at some point you actually become part of the story. So that's up to the LA Times to decide that. Sir. You should definitely answer the LA Times questions. I think we'd all agree with that. So, so uh, mm -hmm. Chief Park, he's mad. The LA Times reported on one of his deputy sheriffs, uh, what, kneeling on, uh, kneeling on someone's head. And so he goes, oh, they reported stolen material. Uh, Chief, we, we report stuff every single day that it ain't like it came through. It, it didn't come in the mail. Uh, but uh, so, so he's upset by He ain't mad at the act. He's mad that it got reported. Well, you know, this, this, I have a major bias here. This guy showed who he was before he ran for office. How so? From his career and the fact that the reason he retired as a lieutenant was because the entire department thought he was promoted higher than he should have been. The other so issue, he was with LAPD? No, no, he was with the sheriffs. Got it, okay. The other issue is... He got people behind him under a theme of talking about reform. They had no idea who he was. Even before he got in office, he lied several times about an officer who had committed domestic violence against his girlfriend that he tried to rehire. The county rejected that. He tried to hire him in another facet. These are things that he showed a clear indication of dishonesty before he ever got the sheriff's badge. And so he's not, it's not a mystery why we're where we are. And the folks that supported him should all be apologizing to the city of Los Angeles I'm and the sorry. county because he told you before these issues started. And, I, and I'm going to step on uh, her feet again. <laughs> You're going to find the same thing about the district attorney. Hold, hold up. You're assuming that I was a George Gascon supporter. I was anti Jackie Lacey. No, no, Let's but be the thing clear. is, you can't Those be. Two different you things. Can, well, you can't be. You can't be. We've done battle before. No, no, you can't be anti George Gascon, and the only person he's running against is Jackie Lacey, so, and you're anti Jackie Lacey. So who are you going to vote I for? I had no my one? reasons because of Ed Buck and, and my dealings with yeah, Jackie well, Lacey on the Ed Buck case. But let's be clear. I support victims, right? Yeah, but I want to see criminal justice reform, but I also want to see victims, and I am okay with jails and prisons. I'm not an abolitionist. Know, I'm but, a reductionist. But George Gascon told you his agenda. And you he, said, get rid did. of the DA that we have. The only black woman in the United okay. States. Well, Jackie had to go. No, no she, she didn't to have to go. She had to the go. The only black woman in the United Jackie States running the largest DA's office Jackie in the world. But, Let but, me. But, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. But hold on, but Chief Parks, I will say this here. The other black DA's around the country mm -hmm. said, her ass got to go. Well, now, no, no, I'm just, I, I'm, no, they don't I, live I, here. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. No, yeah. but what, I, what I'm letting you know, I had conversations yeah, well. with other black DAs around the country who said she ain't one of us. I know. But other thing, did they say that the guy that's running against her, she, he's going to do a better job? Now, now, who did you get? No, they said that before she, he even left San Francisco. I know. But they what? were just like, yeah. yo. She awful. I, I'm telling you what uh, brothers and sisters told me. And what, why do you think the guy left San Francisco? Hell, I don't know. Whatever, what happened? What happened? Because he was awful. But what? But hold on. But, but, uh, hold on. I'm going. I'm going back to the sheriff yeah, yeah. though, and that is, yeah. um, uh, uh, Babu, go ahead. How are people 
responding. So first of all, when is he up for uh, up for election? Uh, is he is he, is he, uh, do you have credible candidates ch uh, challenging him? Where are black folks are on this candidate? Because every time I turn around, uh, he acted a fool with somebody black and, and giving more excuses with the sheriff's department. I want to take a different tactic. Oh, hell no. Answer my I question. I can answer that Answer one. my question first, <laughs> and then you, can, then you can go. Okay. What is your question I had on what I yes, wanted to say? Yes, that is, is guys up for re-election? Are black folks opposing this man? And is there a credible candidate that could take him out and beat him? We should oppose him. I don't know if black folks are organized enough to oppose him. I don't we know are. who that. Okay, because he should be removed. But it's a deeper question. Okay, go is, now, now you can go to your deeper right, question. Is this? Act like you weren't going to okay. answer my question. Like I <laughs> here's, here's what I want to say. And it comes from black folks. We got to know our story. If we don't know our story, we'll start following somebody else's story. And you got to know their story. And I think this is what Bernard is talking Anybody who's been born, who's raised in the West, like Bernard's raised in California, I was raised in Wyoming. Born in the West, we know, I'm going to use this word so people understand, we know Mexicans. And we know Mexicans. When we're nice, we say Mexican. When we say Mexicans, we say we got a problem with them. Now, we know them very, very well because we've been around them all our life. Now, the Mexicans are divided. First, they're half Indian and they're half Anglo. So they got a problem. They, they, they haven't worked out that whole history for 400 years. One day they're Indian, one day they are, what, Anglo. Okay, there's a clear difference between Garcetti and uh, the ex-mayor uh, Antonio. Antonio was more a brother than Garcetti, because Garcetti had more Anglo in. Well, this guy, oh, yeah, but, 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 but I'm do, coming to it, wait. No, 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 no. I just want to just say this. You do have white Hispanics. Yeah, wait, 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 Go ahead. wait a minute. White Hispanics have what? A serious, serious problem, because white Hispanics tend to be white and conservative. That's why all the people down in Florida are white Cubans that came from Cuba. Gotcha. There's no that's Cubans, Venezuelans. Right. I got well, you. this man here, who is he? He's a he's from he's from the Basque territory, Spain. He's he's a white Spaniard that came in with his people, and then he started hollering that he's a Mexican. He's a Latin American, you think, but he's really from Spain with the with the white mentality. So he makes decisions going with the white ruling class. So we got to understand all of that because that's how the confusion comes about. Gotcha. Uh, go that's ahead. All I'm so I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, you qu the, question, the, an the question was, are black folks organizing? We most absolutely are. Are there uh, candidates that have a chance against him? A there actually are. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm uh, working with advising Eric Strong, who's a lieutenant who's running against him. There are about seven people who are running uh, against Alex Villanueva. We expect there will probably be a runoff um, going into November. Um, but we have two black men who are running. Uh, Eric is one of them. And so, yeah, we people are, are definitely aware of this, especially after his most recent comments about black people saying that we were the, re we were the ones beating up Asians, that, you know, I mean, just some of the most racist things from, you know, him being tired of Black Lives Matter to us, 
you know, and our and the black on black crime and that no other race kills their people like we do. I mean, this is coming from a sheriff, someone who's sitting in office right now. And and so when I say to to your audience that he's trying to start a, a race riot, he really truly is trying to get black and brown people against each other in this city right now, um, saying that we're the ones that, you know, beat up, you know, older Latino women or, or vendors and stuff. Like, he is literally trying to start stuff in our communities. Uh, and, and, and we're not going to go for it. Again, he's, he's going to be out of here. We said Jackie Lacey had to go. We organized around that and we're successful. None of these positions are lifelong positions anymore. These, the sheriff has no term limit. The DA had no term limit. We showed people in L.A. and in this country that you can be a one-term DA and you could be a one-term sheriff because the sheriff before Alex Villanueva was a one-term sheriff. Bernard? You know, I, I just have to say that he didn't become who he is because he's a sheriff. Power makes bad people worse. The guy was who he was as a lieutenant, as a sheriff. He was involved with whatever they call him, the gangs and all that. He's justified almost any ill treatment by the sheriff's department, and he's been doing that for his career. And so there's no mistake. Guy should have never been elected. He misled people to believe he was going to be this upfront change agent. Turned out he's exactly what he was as a sheriff, a sergeant, and a lieutenant. And so there's no mystery. It's just a matter, and it's a clear indication that you really have to evaluate candidates before you vote for them, because they will tell you almost anything, and they will tell you they've done almost anything. And you have to have the ability to say, wait a minute, what you just said is not true. Your history is not related to that. And that's how we got a sheriff that everybody now is saying, how did we do that? We did that because he misled people and they believed it. All right, then. Uh, folks, I got to go to the break. Uh, we come back. Final comments about the 30th anniversary of the uh, Rodney King verdict uh, riots that took place again in 1992. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network, broadcasting live from Lamert Park here in Los Angeles back in a moment. This week on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr, reparations, is it finally time? Two of the country's foremost authorities on the subject will join me to try to answer that very question. A powerful installment of The Black Table with me, Greg Carr, right here, only on the Black Star Network. When I first moved to LA, me and Joe lived together, right? right. And, and it was that was a big blessing because I didn't have to worry about paying rent. You know, right. I was out here struggling, right. doing my thing, and that was a big, big help. And then when I think when I moved out, I think that's when I saw the division. Because I think Joe, I, Joe felt like I didn't need him anymore. Right. And it wasn't that. It was like, I'm a grown-ass man. Two grown-ass men. But actually, that's, well, that is true. You don't need him anymore. Right. When, when you grow up, first of all, you, when you grow up, it's like, hey, you yeah. help. And this time, you get your ass out of the house right. and go do your own thing. Right. He didn't want me to move out. But I'm like, you know what? At the time when I moved out. I mean, what? Were you paying a light bill? I wasn't anything. And I, and I said, you know what? I need, to, I need this responsibility. It's going to make me work harder in my career if I know I got rent to pay, I got right. bills to pay. I was paying a cell phone bill, that was it. Right. No, but Joe was treating me like a little butler. Like, like because, <laughs> so I'm telling you, I was like Benson. Yeah, I'm yeah, telling yeah, you, yeah. man, 
Please fetch Yo, me some water. He was using the Jedi mind tricks. Yo, man, you still make them good grilled cheese sandwiches you made when you were little? <laughs> no, you don't. You know, next thing I'm at the, at the stove. <laughs> Flip it. And then it dawned on me. Trick me again. Got me again. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Israel Houghton with Israel and New Breed. Hi, I'm Carl Payne. Hey, everybody, this is Sherry Shepard. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered, and while he's doing Unfiltered, I'm practicing the wobble. Yes, I am. Because Roland Martin's the one, he will do it backwards, he will do it on the side. He messes everybody up when he gets into the wobble because he doesn't know how to do it, so he does it backwards. And it messes me up every single time. So I'm working on it. I got it. You got Roland Martin. <laughs>
All right, folks, welcome back. Again, we're here at Lamert Park. Uh, let me uh, certainly thank uh, the folks uh, who made it possible for us to actually be here. We came here at the invitation of John Hope Bryant. I was coming this weekend anyway because, of course, every first Monday in May, I play the George Lopez Celebrity Golf Classic. I'm hosting the uh, VIP party uh, on Sunday and then also hosting the award ceremony after the golf tournament. Uh, and John hit me and he said, hey, we're doing this bus tour uh, around uh, Los Angeles. Uh, dealing with the 30th anniversary of the Rodney King verdict riots. And he said, we'd love to have uh, you and Black Star Network live stream uh, the actual bus tour. So I said, well, consider I ain't got to ask nobody because I own my shit. I said, sure. And so that's why we are here. So we came a couple days early to do so. And so certainly glad to be here. Let's, uh, let me go to each one of you. Uh, I'll start with, uh, I, I started with uh, Chief Parks first. We open up, Jasmine. I'm, uh, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Start with you. Um, this is the 30th. What should this place look like for the 40th? What do you want it to look like? What it should look like? I want to see black people, and I want to see more black people than there are now. Uh, the rate we're going now, there won't be any black people left in the city of Los Angeles because this is a very anti-black city. Um, but, you know, the 40th anniversary, I, I would like to see that um, we're still not having the issues that we have with law enforcement. That would be great. Um, you know, when you think about it, like I said earlier, you know, from 65 to 92 to 2022, it's this constant struggle between the black community um, and law enforcement. And, you know, I wonder if any of our children or even our grandchildren are going to know a life where that's not um, an issue anymore. Right. So that's what I'd like to see, more black people in L.A., that we were able to stay here and afford to live here, and that our city stopped trying to push us out. Babu? That's a hard question. Well, that's why and I asked it. a good question. <laughs> that's why I asked. I don't ask the easy what, ones. What I'd like to see is that black folks here will have moved past local parochialism and see themselves as a Pan-African people and create deals and businesses, whether it's the film business, whether it's, uh, you know, trade, et cetera, with the Caribbean nations, with the African nations, because the future is with the folks who got wealth, got bases, and you build those relationships just like they've done in little Tokyo, just like they've done in Koreatown, we knew the same thing. There's capital in Angola. There's capital all around the world. We take that capital, we come together, and we do the same thing. If we don't hook up with other black folks around the world, we're doomed. If you think that you only think about your local self and your only self, then you don't have the relationship. But if you hook up with South Africa, if you hook up with all these different black folks around the world, then you got a capital base, you got a market, et cetera. That's what I want to see. All right, then. Chief Parks. You know, I'd like to see in 10 years that we buy into what I consider community-based government, where the government and the community actually work towards solving historical problems that we don't come back in 10 years and say these issues are still here, that we look at ways in which we treat each other better, that we look for opportunities for education and employment to where people can be self-sustaining, but I don't think we can do it without a collective effort that government 
and the community work at solving problems that are small and large as opposed to working at different levels or looking at each other saying, why don't you do this versus another? But it has to be a collective effort for the community to move forward. We have too many stops and starts. We need to have a, a, a effort to move forward and always looking at progress. We want to see you in 10 years from now. We want to make sure you're still on air and doing your thing. Oh, look, I, I'm going to be here. I'm beyond. I'm not sitting here. Go ahead. I just want to say this. Everything everybody said is not in opposition. It's called Operation Unity, and it's integrated in a whole. So it's like John Coltrane's music. It's all one energy. So what Bernard said is absolutely correct. What Sister said is absolutely correct. What I said, you integrate all that. If we don't integrate that that perspective of the world, then we lost. Uh, and, well, first of all, I thought you were taking the microphone back so you can do a plug for the Pan African Film Festival. Oh. I mean, I don't know, I don't know why, I, I don't know why I should be reminding you to do that. I mean, okay. I'm just saying. You might. I mean, I'm just saying. We got a few more days. Go on the website, paff.org. We brought over 300 brand-new black films from all over the world. You can be understand what black folks are doing around the world. We got about 50, 60 major painters, artists from all over the world. We got another five days. Jasmine is, is our publicist. I'm not your publicist. Uh, we'll what <laughs> I'm just an advisor to the Advisor festival. to the festival. <laughs> and so please come out, stop, take the time to get some art which tells your story, get things that will lead you, stimulate you, and get you some energy, because that's what we're here for. Please come out and enjoy for the next few days and take a story with you. All right, sounds great. Um, what, what do I want to see for the next 10 years? Uh, real simple, uh, and that is uh, for black folks to understand what the collective means. Uh, I said to you many times, if you go back and listen or read uh, Dr. King's speech on April 3rd, 1968 in Mason Temple in Memphis, what he said in that speech was, he said, black people individually are poor. He said, yet collectively, we represent the 10th largest economy in the world. But part of the problem is that too many of us are operating in silos uh, in that, well, I have my business, I have my organization, I'm sort of doing my thing. But the reality is when you look at the inability to build capacity, when you look at the fact that we own the same percentage of wealth today as we did coming out of slavery, that's crazy. When you look at uh, in terms of black-owned businesses, I tell you all the time, pre-COVID, we had 2.6 million black-owned businesses in America, 2.5 million only had one employee. They were doing average revenue of 54000 so truth be told, you only had pre-COVID 100,000 black-owned businesses in the country. That's it. And so you can't build capacity. You can't just say, hey, I have a business, business when all you really have is a business card. That ain't a business. And so what has to happen is uh, we must begin to understand the collective. When we focus uh, uh, every Tuesday with our marketplace segment, when we feature black-owned businesses, it is a way for you to be able to see these companies that they exist and be able to see their products. You can actually support them and buy their products every Wednesday. We have our tech talk segment, folks who are operating in the tech space, whether they have apps, whether they have technology companies. That's why we focus on that. Every Friday, normally we have our Education Matters segment. We focus on African-Americans who are doing things in education. That 
is what we're talking about. And so we could easily say, sure, let's just simply take phone calls and chat all day. But it's no, it's the providing of information uh, that is necessary. And so we must understand that. And so if we're talking about 10 years from now, how does this community, how does this city change? How does this state change? How do we see changes among uh, uh, communities of black folks all across the country? It cannot happen unless you have a collective. It cannot happen unless you have people who are in fraternities and sororities in the links and who are Freemasons, who are Eastern Star, who are not affiliated with any organization, understand that group dynamics is how it gets done. Last point I'll make is this here. There's a lot of people who think they're loners and, hey, I can do it by myself. But Sokoli Carmichael said best, you cannot find any African-American who's ever achieved anything unless they were affiliated and worked through an organization. It's as simple as that. An organization means collective. And so that is what I certainly hope actually exists. And so if you want to talk about buy black, why don't you actually do it? If you want to say, oh, we got to buy black, well, how are you doing it? How are you doing with restaurants? How are you doing with cleaners? How are you doing with, uh, uh, with uh, athletic apparel companies? How are you doing it? We're providing you that the companies and showing you they exist, but it's up to you to actually do it. To the point that Jasmine made about, hey, being here 10 years from now and still being in a show and a company. That's why we put pressure on these companies when it comes to black-owned media and advertising. And so when y'all hear me call out a company, y'all got to put them on blast with, their, with, with emails and social media and calling them as well. Because they need to understand that there's a call and response. Because as long as we keep buying their products and then they don't actually advertise with us, we're basically giving them permission to screw us. And so then you can't complain or say, oh, man, it should have been nice if we had some black media to cover this event. Well, how do you think we do that? These lights and these cameras and the streaming unit, all that costs money. I told y'all that streaming unit plus the rack unit at the office is $60,000. How do you think it gets done? with resources, and so that's why it's important for us to understand how we must operate in the collective. Uh, let me thank all of you for being with us. I certainly appreciate it, thank you so very much. Let me thank uh, Robert uh, Sosino and Community Bill, and let me thank uh, Congresswoman Maxine Wars. Let me thank everybody uh, involved uh, for being here. It is always great to be here. Uh, again, a lot going on. I'm not gonna be here on Monday, got a guest host, because the country club would have had a golf tournament tripping about doing a show from there. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, so, uh, but uh, still we'll have some, some great uh, video and show you uh, what, what goes on over there on Monday. So we'll be a live streaming uh, at the outset of the beginning of the tournament, and then we're showing you the legend stuff later uh, on the show. Uh, so that's what's happening. Uh, Jasper, you going to text me about uh, Pan-African Film Festival tomorrow? Yes, right. yes. Don't be ghosting a brother. Tomorrow. Don't be mind. ghosting a brother, Jasmine. <laughs> don't ghost a brother. Uh, folks, uh, uh, don't forget, uh, please support us in what we do. Download the Black Star Network app, available on all platforms. Uh, we're trying to hit 50,000 downloads by May 1st. Y'all got to hurry up. Uh, let's get there. Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox, Samsung uh, TV as well. And of course, please join our Breen the Funk fan club. Our goal is to get 50,000 of our fans who donate a minimum of 50 bucks a year, $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day for us to be able to do what we do. Uh, and so uh, that's P.O. Box 57196, uh, um, Washington, D.C., 20037. And of course, Cash App and Dallas Sign, RM Unfiltered, PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Zell is, um, uh, Zell, what is Zell? Uh, Zell is rolling at rollersmartin.com. Actually, I was caught thinking because uh, this happened, uh, and I'm going to play this here. So I'm gonna, I try to tell y'all all the time 
that black people really do just walk up to me and uh, hand me uh, money. I need my backpack. Uh, I'm trying to find this video. This sister, so we're in the parking lot at Fame, ready to go on the bus tour, and I'm trying to get out the car. And this sister, hold up, I'm good, I'm good. I found the connection, I'm good, I'm good. All right, this sister wanted me to know that she supports the show. She was not interested, she was not interested, y'all, in going uh, to give it online. She literally said, uh, I'm gonna sit here and give you my money right here. So I'm trying to set it up. So give me one second, y'all. I cracked up laughing. I had to grab the camera and literally shoot this video uh, because uh, she was serious about supporting the show. Uh, and and, see, and I, see, they think I be lying, Jasmine, when I say that people just walk up to me and just put money in my hand and say, this is for the show. And they, I, I keep telling them they think I'm lying, but I'm not lying. Uh, let me see if I can go ahead and get this video playing. Uh, for some reason, I cannot. Are y'all seeing it over there? Okay, let's see if that works. Okay, here we go. All right, y'all, uh, roll this video. Check in with Roland Martin unfiltered every day. He's there Monday through Friday, but every day he got something good to say. So I want you all to start giving this brother some money because we got to get these folks out here voting. Serious business. We got to turn this mess around. I ain't going to say shit, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> baby. I appreciate I, it. Bless you. Bless you. I appreciate you. I said it. Thank I you. I was going to bring this to you because my son is Kareem Grimes. He came onto your show. Yeah. So it's like I told him I wanted to give you some money because thank you. Sister, I thank appreciate you, it. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to keep swinging. We're going to keep swinging. Yeah, because like I tell everybody, if it wasn't for you, I'd be to kill some white folks. <laughs> Have a All right, sister, I appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> ah. Hey, y'all, I'm telling you, that actually does happen a lot. I appreciate it. We're always in the show, of course, showing you all the people who contributed thus far. And I appreciate every single one of you, those who give online, or even those who y'all walk up to me and give me cash in the parking lot. Because trust me, it all goes uh, to the same thing, and that is our show. So we thank our staff as well. I appreciate it. I'll see y'all on Tuesday. Holla!
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home financing provided by victory mortgage llc nmls 461249 equal housing lender